The Equity Foundation is the professional development arm of MIA Equity and Equity New Zealand. Each year, the Equity Foundation delivers more than 100 masterclasses, workshops, film screenings, in conversations, international scholarships, and on set internships free of charge for Equity members. We give our thanks to our principal sponsor, Media Super. As you know, my name's Alex Jones. I'm the program manager of the Equity Foundation, and I have great pleasure in introducing our special guests, Orly Rock and Asabi Goodman. Before we commence, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nations and pay my respects to all the traditional owners of country and all throughout our country and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture, and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And we pay our respects to elders past and present. I want to take a minute to thank the Equity Foundation's principal sponsor, Media Super. Media Super has supported the foundation since our beginning in the early 2000s. They are your industry super fund and they can help you with your superannuation and provide you with financial advice. And they're fully equipped to assist you. So don't hesitate and contact me if you don't have uh, the correct contact details. A few technical details, and I'll also put this in the chat uh, for any other latecomers. We are recording this today, so any questions you ha you have will be taped. So that means if you are shy about uh, asking a question to be on tape, you can put it in the chat and Orly can answer you there, or you can ask me to read it out. Uh, so just be aware of that because we will be recording this and it will be on our podcast file. As important, It's always important that you remain on mute. And that's particularly important if you're on an iPhone as it's difficult to mute you from here. And before I hand over, I want to just remind everyone that every Monday we have a self-test self studio in Sydney is start with a professional camera operator and a professional performer reader all day. This is a pilot program that if it is successful, uh, will be looked to uh, expand into the other states. Equity members are invited to make a one-hour booking at no cost. The idea is to come along with your scripts and the rest will be taken care of for you. So just go to the Equity Web Foundation website, look for the self-test link, and you can book between 9.30 and 3.30 every morning. The program is generously supported by the Actors Benevolent Fund of New South Wales and was created in consultation with the Casting Guild of Australia. And of course, a reminder that there are self-test studios in every state. Uh, except Tasmania uh, and Darwin. So you can actually access those throughout the week, but you won't be having any assistance. You'll need to, to bring a reader to those. Time for Arlene and Asabi. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here again Thanks. after two years, year and a half. <laughs> yeah, year and a year half, and a half yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Alex, and thank you for that introduction. And good afternoon, everyone. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Asabi Goodman, and I am the Queensland Branch Equity President. And we've got Aureli or Ray Rourke joining us today, and we're going to talk a little bit about 
Cabarets. Cabaret. Yes, yes. So Ray, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in doing cabarets. Uh, well, uh, it wasn't my start in uh, theater. I've been doing theater my entire life. I never wanted to be uh, a hockey player or a dinosaur or the first female president. I always wanted to be in, on stage and be in theater. I can't think of a time in my life that I ever didn't want to. Cut to me in my 20s. Uh, so I'm in college for voice, for singing and um, for dance. And <laughs> excuse me. I'm also a little bit, I'm not ill, but if I sound like I've been smoking for 60 years, it's just because I can't seem to get rid of this cough. So I apologize if that goes straight into the microphone. I'm trying to veer it away. I uh, started working at a place called uh, Barnatasha in Kansas City. And uh, it was a New York style cabaret bar, which um, New York style is a form, a form of many forms of cabaret. And that kind of gave me the bug. And uh, I wrote a few shows. I, my first show was a duet with my best friend. My second show was a trio with two of my best friends. That's where I met my husband. Actually, he came to my show. And uh, then I was... Uh, uh, brave enough to do my first one woman cabaret show, which was absolutely terrifying. That was about 20, 20 years ago, almost. And so I haven't looked back since. Yeah. Yeah. So now you mentioned that you were doing a New York style of cabaret. And so yeah. obviously there's some different styles of cabaret out yeah. there. What would you say is one of the most recognizable formats? New York style is probably what you think of, but you have to remember like the, the musical cabaret is based on the old school, excuse me, old school slash current variety of cabaret, which is like variety acts. Sure. So yeah. coming in and just doing uh song and dance, multiple artists, multiple styles. Now we get in aerial, um, just uh, basically that was vaudeville would have been considered a form of cabaret. So because yeah. cabaret started hundreds of years ago, back, I think the first, I was, I sound like I'm so learned <laughs> in this, but I was just looking it up the other day to tell everybody, but the first like written word of cabaret or where it came from, which is actually a form of the word, basically the French word for small room, which is where, which is what you think really small room, yeah. small tables, eat and drink kind of thing. And that all started back in like the 12 to 1300s is the first time it was written, which I wow. think is pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah but then like yeah. that, like document, like after that, we've got like the 17, 1800s, 1900s currently in the 2000s. Sure, sure. Um, so, so I guess I, when I think of cabaret, I kind of have this picture of, you know, a lone person standing on a small stage with, you know, very low light and yeah. a microphone. Like a piano. And, and yeah, a, exactly. A yeah. piano in the corner. Um, so <laughs> what, like, how do, how do you determine what kind of cabaret you want to put together? Like, oh. is it always just a piano or can it be a full band? Can it be a guitarist? It can be, it can be a single piano. That's the most, like you said, that's the most common visualized. I've done the first, so Myron, the show that I did recently, which has been almost two years, started uh, with just me and a piano. And then it moved into a two act show uh, with a costume change and everything. And that was with a full band, four piece band. And then I paired it back down, but not to the original form, but I paired that show to a one act that can travel and it's just me and a piano. But the fact that it's versatile, uh, that I can sure. take this particular show and I can, I know I've got the know-how and the uh, team to flesh it out to this big thing or to travel and just put it on as me and a piano player. 
Sure. And how do you determine the type of story you want to tell? Like, does it have to be introspective or can it be completely fictional? Oh, the sky's the limit. And that's what's terrifying is the moment you're told, think of anything, you can't think of a single thing. The best advice I can give in this is to write them all down. Write down all the word vomit. Get those all those those storylines down because amongst that trash you will find one treasure. And it might not be what you expect it to be. It might you might think of it as trash as you're writing it down, and then you go back and look at it and go, oh, that's got legs. That actually that could that could walk. It doesn't need to be about yourself. Mine's about myself, but mine's about myself through the uh, story of Wizard of Oz because I'm from Kansas, moved to the land of Oz. Right, like the correlation there is pretty pretty striking there are cabarets about um kim kardashian people like dressing up as the character uh, mm. a friend of mine did a cabaret show years ago as anna wintour and called it wintour is coming again thrones <laughs> was big back then yeah um friend of mine um oh, yeah, josh josh javetta one of his first cabaret shows i've got his promo here because i've got my materials here to the left was about um it was called caramel at best and mm. it was about um his his um lineage so sure. yeah, not calling himself black, not calling himself white, but calling himself caramel best. So that was about him. But he's also done cabaret shows that are stri- simply based on the theme of um, songs from the '90s, millennial stuff. I'm trying to think of other examples. I've got a, oh, I had a friend of mine who, again, this was based on her own history, but she did a cabaret show called "I Dated Batman," and it was all of her dating stories, the terrible ones and the great ones. And so she made a cab- she made a cabaret based on that. It can be about anything. You can write a cabaret show about being a two-year-old. You can write a cabaret show about being a cat. I'm pretty sure that's what cats is. It's just basically a cabaret about being a cat. There's no storyline, not really. No, just um, cats, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are cabaret shows about grim fairy tales. There are cabaret shows about being gay like sex in the city but being like being gay in the city there's all kinds there's there's hundreds of kinds i have so entire... really the sky is the limit the sky really. is the limit the sky's the yeah. limit anything anything at all which of course just does not make things easier i'm currently directing a cabaret show that a friend of mine um has written because she is uh an immigrant excuse me was from italy and moved to australia years and years ago but it's about being an immigrant basically being an immigrant coming in to a different country. That's the entire uh, basis on her cabaret show. How would, how do you know that, say, an idea you have, how do you know it's a good idea? How do you, like, oh. what's, and how do you flesh it out? Like, how do you, you know, you have an idea and you have it in the very beginning. How do you flesh it out into a full story? Very good question. Several ways you can do this. There's going to be several ways you can do a lot of the, uh, several answers to a lot of these questions. I in the beginning was very concerned about um, storyline and theme and it had to be fleshed out from the very get-go. And it honestly, it kind of doesn't. If you have about 90%, start with your idea and let it flesh itself out just the tiniest bit. And if you get, if you come across some writer's block, strange as this sounds, I have it, I have it somewhere. Where is it? I, I pulled it up. Did I download it? Maybe. Um, yep. Storyboard template. I don't know if I can can I share my screen? Am I allowed to do Ooh. that? Share screen. Share screen. Is it not going to allow me? Oh, it is. Okay, good. All right. While that uploads. So I, while you're getting that ready, I assume yeah. you're going to talk about putting a storyboard to yeah. flesh out your ideas. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Let's see if this opens. 
share. Will this open there up? We go. Can you can you see it? Can you see yeah, it? Okay? It's starting. It's starting to happen. Okay. There we go. Yeah. It's beginning. Well <laughs> I cannot take credit for this. This is absolutely not mine. Uh, this is a uh, template that actually my husband found for me um, when I was doing my cabaret workshop. And it kind of, it's hard to see it's grayscale. Um, but there's mm. these little arrows. I don't know if you can see my pointer. Um, yes. As I'm circling here, but little arrows that kind of tell you where to go and you do not need to follow this template, but it's really great at giving you an idea when you are stuck. If you're right. stuck in a situation in your cabaret show, and if you're, even if your cabaret show doesn't actually have a storyline, it helps to have an arc, just some mm. form of an arc. So it isn't just constantly going, oh, this next piece. This next piece is about this. If you are one person on stage, if it is a variety act, like I was talking about before, that's a bit different. But even then, there is still an arc. We, an arc between songs, an arc between your banter. I'll, I'll pop it down. It's real simple. This is pretty much all it is. Having a mm. character. Does the character have a problem? Is it villain, villainous? Is it external, internal, philosophical? Does uh. They need a guide. So the guide does not need to be a person in books and stuff. It normally is. But uh, in our situation, it can be a turning point or uh, or a thought or a realization. Does uh, I'm hoping all of that makes sense. I'm happy to um, pop this uh, to share this, of course, as well. Uh, it, of course, sure. it's not mine. I can't I can't take credit for it. But um, <laughs> it has been helpful to get me out of the kind of like a writer's block. Writer's block. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Out of the cabaret block. I will. OK, I'm going to stop sure. sharing so that I. So, yeah. so it's basically a template that just yeah. helps you develop your story a bit further. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And, to completion. and if you don't want to use my, you can Google storybook template or just story template uh, mm. in order to help you find a guideline to follow and work with, and go with what's best for you. I also tell people you don't feel like you have to go, you have to uh, shoehorn the banter into the song or shoehorn the song into your show. If it has to be shoehorned in mm. maybe that's not the right place for it sure. and maybe you need even if it was the inspiration that brought you to that storyline maybe you Marie Kondo you namaste <laughs> thank you for your service yeah and and pop it to the side uh, and sometimes it finds its way back in a different location for a different reason mm. and sometimes it just it, it's done its job which was just to inspire you right. and you find that there were better songs better uh, stories uh, in order to continue your cabaret because mm. that might be that might be what has stopped you is that was the block and speaking of songs how many songs would you say you need in your cabaret or does it uh, you know do you depend on timing do you depend on just what you need to tell the story how do you determine or do you start off with I have these particular songs and I want to sing these songs and then you build your story around that oh, that was a really good question I would say Oh, it depends on how long the cabaret show is. If you're doing a short and sweet, mm -hmm. 15 minutes, I'd say no more than three. And if you're doing three, trim it down because sure. there's no need to do the full version of every mm -hmm. song. That's actually just in general. You will find that you don't need to do the entirety of every song. You'll you'll yeah. notice when you start to lose, if you're losing interest, chances are the audience is too however there are going to be times that you go oh my ugh, we are actually we've cut everything down too much so go then you can go back and at least flesh it out more it's better to need to 
elongate, you have the option. If you've cut songs down, you have the option mm-hmm. to add a verse back in, add this back in, as opposed to going, guys, we're running at two hours. This is ridiculous. And then having <laughs> to like bare bones it, you know, you can yeah. flesh out a story. It's harder to trim. So if it's a, if it's short, if it's like for the short and sweet festival, I'd say they'll give you 10 to 15 minutes that can mm. run two songs is, is pretty strong there. If it's running about uh, an say hour, 45, and, yeah, yeah 40, 40, an 45 hour. minutes, I'd say, uh, let me see what I've got on my list here. That's on my list. I want to say like nine songs, nine to 10 songs. Mm, mm. That sounds about right. And if you're doing about an hour, or an hour, uh, 90 minutes. Ooh, that's, I mean, that's going to be a long one. And those are rare. Like I said, I did a two act show that ran mm. about an hour and ran about 90 minutes that included intermission. Mm-hmm. And that still feels like a, it still feels like a, a long show. You're watching sure. one person on stage you're watching. It was good to have a band. Mm-hmm. Having a band in a longer show helps because it does help to flesh things out and keep them and keep things entertaining. But in that case, I'd say probably 15 songs, 13 songs. Sure. I'm really feeling like on average, if you're going over 10, really wonder, like pay attention to why you need to go more than that to get to get through a song. That feels like a lot to me. Anything over 10 feels like a lot. I said 15 before, but I'm really edging towards 13 at the absolute max. And it depends entirely on how long you're doing each song, how much you're paring everything down. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Does that exactly. answer? Does that answer the question? Yeah, I, I, that's that's pretty good. Um, and so speaking of songs, you know, we, we talk like you know, it feels like we're talking about songs that are already in existence. Mm-hmm. It can you can you write your own songs for your oh, cabaret? Just, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can do. <clears throat> excuse me. You can write the entirety. The entirety of it can be mm. your own songs. You can't i mean that that doesn't make it a sing that doesn't make it a songwriter show that a songwriter show is just simply people that are there to sing their songs mm. and they do tend to go this next number was written because of this mm-hmm. and that's okay in that case that absolutely works in that case i would say mixing things up is really nice too to pop songs in that uh already exist with songs that don't I am not a songwriter at all. So my shows in the past have all been, all of them have been songs that existed before. You run into licensing then. And that right. is a okay. real tricky thing. That can be a really yeah. tricky thing because you, they don't they don't belong to you. Um, right. Depends entirely on also how much you change the song. So this comes into cover, cover work. Right. For example, going off of the advice that um, uh, my friend Tash York uh, gave to me the other day about licensing was actually, I can even read it out to you. She basically uh, wanted to do a song, jazzy version of jazzy version of Look What You Made Me Do. Uh, so uh, T-Swift, that's right, T-Swift, mm-hmm. um, but wasn't able to do it for licensing purposes. So she based the chords on Hernando's Hideaway and structured the song in a tango style, utilizing basically she borrowed from multiple songs and they became their own version. And and that's how she I wouldn't say she got around it. She had this idea, um, but she couldn't do it uh, just simply by jazzifying Tay-Tay by jazzifying that particular song, that particular T-Swift song. So she based it on the chords of another song that they did have licensing for and was able to mash and merge that. So you find that your creativity really kind of sparks. I do that a lot as well. I re-lyricize a lot. 
I get inspired by songs. When I did my show, I keep coming back to my show. I do apologize. It sounds like I'm trying to. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. <laughs> thing. But it's because it's, I say it's, it's a good reference. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll get a lot of uh, what I'm directing and what I did. So when I went through my show, I used key phrases, key words from Wizard of Oz. Mm. Twister, Tornado, Glinda, Good Witch, um, Wicked Witch of the West, Tin Man, Lion, uh, Lion, Scarecrow, Yellow Brick Road. And I went through and tried to find and just was like, all right, Google, show me a list of songs that you think. And that's where I got some inspiration from <laughs> and helped me to find the songs that I ended up using. And a lot of them were not well known, which is um, just nice. You, It's great to do well-known songs. But it's also pleasing to the audience's brain when they don't know a song well. They pay attention a, a, a bit more. Yeah. And it doesn't become like a jukebox musical. You know, it's right, right. where, uh, again, not calling any kind of like to that. It's just a different style. So sure, and sure. one I enjoy doing is is pulling out songs that they know. And then pulling out songs that they don't necessarily know. Sure. Not everything has to be from a musical. It can be from any style. I've done, I've popped country songs in there. I've done postmodern jukebox versions. So like their mm. cover versions of songs. I have done a mix of pop radio and musical, taken songs that Disney did some, Di I did an entire cabaret show on Disney. I don't know if legally speaking, I could do that now, but this was also <laughs> 15 years ago. Right. <laughs> Um, Before and, social media and anybody captured it on camera. Yes. Yeah. And in that case, and in that case, that was, there wasn't a lot of banter or storyline throughout. It was just making sure that the song before and the song after that, it wasn't like ballad, 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 or, sure. you know, like from the same, we didn't want to choose from the same movie. Mm. Uh, so pick and choosing as we went songs that were not necessarily as well known. So we did, um, Substitutionary locomotion from bed knobs and broomsticks, which I do, which might be far too young for some of the people in this, <laughs> in this gal, in this uh, masterclass right now. But but then we also did like Hakuna Matata. We did. Um, we started with, and this is why story time. Uh, my husband loves to tell uh, people that he fell in love with my voice before he ever saw my face because I was. I told you he came to my cabaret show. He was sitting in a location and I was in the audience and I started singing A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes acapella. That was the intro to the show, which of course was, I was interrupted with my two best friends coming and going, girl, you don't start a, you don't start a cabaret show with a ballad. What are you thinking? And then we went into mm. one of the um, gospel songs from Hercules, which was a, right. you know, a big, huge number. So, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, variations from different timelines. It's right. just an ex and again, that's just a that's just an example, right? Example there. to sort of keep um, the audience interested yeah, and yeah, and you know, add surprises. Add surprises. Yes. I have a friend who did a cabaret show based strictly on the fact that he is a he is a songwriter. He's very funny. Yeah, he's got a, a Tim Minchin esque kind of vibe to him. Um, but he did have a through line, so he created he wrote his songs based on the cabaret show that he wanted to that he wanted to do and then there is cabaret show that's a trio of uh it's called lesbian love stories and they uh, yeah. don't write they do write their banter but they actually go they've gone out to people they've asked for stories and mm. come at, at people's uh love stories coming out stories uh, like uh, funny stories heartbreaking stories and they take that they make that they made that their banter with the 
approval, of course, of the people that have given their stories um, and then brought songs in. They didn't write any of them, but right. they utilized songs. They t- And putting a twist on a song, I'm going off on the, on this whole song question. Sorry. Um, <laughs> putting it, put, I, I te- when I teach, when I just teach voice or anything, I say putting a tiny twist on a song. So a woman singing it versus a man, mm. making it a ballad. Versus an up tempo, changing mm-hmm. the era, like postmodern jukebox changes the the genre, changes the, the era or genre mm-hmm. that the song was originated in. Doing Disney as metal, uh, pop as rock, you know, those people have made a, have made livings out of this. Changing from a minor to from a major to a minor key mm-hmm. will completely change the story of the song, and yep. you can utilize that as well to yep. help you with your through line, you know. Now, I want to circ- circle back for a minute because yep. you mentioned uh, Tash York. And yep. for those of you who don't know, she's a very successful very cabaret artist down yes. in Melbourne. Yeah. And one of the things that I love that she does with her shows, she takes existing tunes, but she changes the lyric. Yeah. Up. And so you un- you hear the tune and you know the tune, but she completely changes the lyrics. So I don't know if you were able to talk with her about that, but how does that affect licensing when you do something like that? Yeah, that's pretty much what she was stating was um, that as long as, uh, let me just go through this response there. It's uh, She's got that, that, just that, (laughs) just that is licensing. That that was my question on licensing. I was like, any advice you have on on song rights and licensing and legal stuff, et cetera. And that whole paragraph, that's what she wrote. It can be arduous. Look, licensing can be arduous and complicated. That's what she says, and that's what pretty much everyone that mm. I have asked has mm. said. And mm. but I have, I have a piece of advice. We'll come to that in a minute on what to do in that case. If you are heavily parroting something, make sure it's on the list of songs that APRA already covers. Otherwise, you're going to have to go directly to the publisher slash label themselves, and most of the time they won't get back to you or will charge you a huge amount. And that is pretty. That is pretty common. That I have heard that and experienced that myself a hundred times where if you go straight to the label of course of Mm -hmm. course they are you know yeah um excuse me so changing things up creating covers where does what does she say about this uh remember that technically if you are just doing covers uh then you do have the same rights as bands that are usually covered by a venue's license and a venue's license is going to really be your 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 bacon saver you really uh if you're going out and doing a cabaret show say you have the show we're jumping wildly ahead here. So you have the show and you and you want to put it on. You don't know where to put it on. Um, if you start, if you start, if you aren't doing it via festivals and stuff, if you start um, checking on venues, first thing I would ask, of course, is is if they have a venue license through APRA, mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. that's going to really, really um, that's going to save you a lot of time and heartache. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Most places should, especially if they are a musical venue, a music venue, a band venue. Um, mm-hmm. If you're from Brisbane, my examples are Brisbane Powerhouse, the Tivoli, um, Sydney Opera Pretty much. House. There's course, so many places. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Places. Any place that puts on musicals, puts on bands, puts on shows that require music and does them year round. Mm-hmm. There's a solid, license. there's a solid chance they have, they have an APRA, li- have an APRA license. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now looking at venues, what's your advice on finding the right venue for your show? Well, considering that cabaret is the word for uh, small room, I prefer to do them in small rooms. Yeah. I have seen, again, that's just my opinion. 
That's just my preference. Take it as one artist, uh, one artist preference. Some people don't like doing that. Then there's big venues like Spiegel Tent and, and mm. uh, uh, you know, if you're doing festival stuff, um, the main stage kind of thing that changes the dynamic of a show. There's an intimacy that I appreciate in a cabaret setting where it's a bunch of tables, small tables and chairs, even if it is just audience seating. If they're, if it's just that intimacy, you feel the audience feels like they're with you. Like they're just mm. hanging out, you know, in a big venue, it becomes a show. It's a, it is a production uh, to look. And that can cost things. a lot of money too. Yeah. Couldn't it? yeah, yeah, it can. Yeah. Mm. Some venues, um, Excuse me. Some venues will take will t- simply take a percentage of the ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Some venues will uh, ask for a contract. On average, I would probably say even if they're just asking for ticket sales, get it in writing. <laughs> yeah, because you really don't want to. You don't want to be screwed in the end. Some will, yeah, will work contractually with you. Some will offer to do PR. Like they'll 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 say, uh, here is the price of the this particular theater or this venue per night per weekend around this time of year whatever it may be because they might uh it might be cheaper during certain times of the year if you're preferring to do it outside a festival if you're doing it in a festival uh you can search for the venues uh through like the web the festival website mm-hmm. um as well as the venue the the festival might even recommend some venues for you but on average they're they don't have time to do it for every show so uh if the venue they'll have a list of venues uh and they'll and they'll say have at it go forth talk to them ask them if they if they've got the space and the time that's um, right <laughs> um, like adelaide fringe comes to mind with yeah. that i know they adelaide, have a yeah. list of venues that you can choose from that's yes. whole this is old this is from uh when i did my show there um but uh and this is not this is just the program so again this is just about look at oh, just all, all these huge yeah. things huge but they absolutely will have a list of venues they'll ask what like size you're preferring they'll they'll mm-hmm. ask for uh, a list of preferences and uh and then they'll kind of advise you from there and you can always email them and just like to like the festival themselves they'll always they're always willing as far as i in my experience they're always willing to to help you out and help you with any kind of advice that you need uh, especially adelaide fringe adelaide fringe has all kinds of workshops mm-hmm. master classes that are happening at the same time like the mm-hmm. entire time of the festival you want to go out and find out what's like the best way if you want to come back and do your show or how to pr for your show or for other shows uh, like working together collabing they've got all they got there's so you can't even you can't even understand how many workshops and master classes are happening just all on top of yep. each other you have to pick and choose kind of where you go i i can speak for adelaide fringe on that one i don't know about the others but uh right <laughs> um but there are there are festivals happening all the time there's festivals happening all the time brisbane just can't seem to not be in the middle of a festival it seems like um, yeah we Wynnum, just finished one and we've got one coming and we've up. got yeah we, yeah we just finished brisbane festival and we're going into winham fringe so yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is one right after the other. Let's talk a little bit about cost. How do you determine how to finance your cabaret? What sort of things do you need to think of for that? I am so glad you asked. I (laughs) was absolutely terrified going into my first show um, because what you don't realize is writing the show is one thing, Mm. uh, which we the last Q&A that you and I did was predominantly just on like from beginning to idea to putting the show up on stage uh, and mm-hmm. so now we're kind of we're, we're 
ticking on those and then rushing past to great. You have a show now. How do you put it out into the world? And so I got the approval. This is not, again, this is not mine. I did not write this. This was given to me by my friend, Tammy, who I mentioned before, Tammy Lind and Luke O'Hagan, who did the show, um, the cabaret show, I Dated Batman. They had mentioned that they had put together a bucket, uh, a budget spreadsheet. And I asked if I could buy it off of them. And they just gave it to me because they're amazing people. But I asked them if it was okay for me to show it this time. Because again, I, it's not my property. I don't want to show anything that's, <laughs> I've done it twice now. But um, I at least got my, um, got the approval on this one. And if you want access to it, um, I am happy to get in contact with them and provide it. Um, it's a little bit hard. I hope it won't be hard to see. There's a budget. I have a budget list here. I'm trying not yeah. to let my ring light. There's all kinds of things in here. I'll, I'll just mm. read it out as opposed to showing it. But sure, uh, they have it in sections. And the first section section is show variables. So the number of shows you plan on doing, the average ticket price, which mm -hmm. um, on uh, uh, most of the time you will be kind of judging what your ticket price will be. Sure. Uh, the venue capacity, so knowing how many seats the venue excuse me, can afford to have. And then you go back through. When you go back through and kind of fill things out, you um, uh, can go number of full price tickets sold, number of con uh, concession tickets sold, and then total number of tickets sold. Right. Um, Would you set so your ticket prices based on your expenses? So you look at all of the expenses you have, and then to recoup those expenses, you then set your ticket price to reflect that um, yeah i would say to, yeah i would say to a degree um but you don't want to oh, it's so tricky you don't want to overprice or underprice right um yeah. in in festivals you'll kind of gauge based off of the ticket prices that are around you and so you can kind of like you can help to judge from there when you're doing it on your own you get a little bit more leeway you can you can make it uh, a bit more expensive because you are on your own um sure, it also sure. depends on uh if you put the show on in front of friends and family, so doing it um, at home first, doing a home show, I, I would always recommend do a home show first uh, mm. and then take it on tour. Um, but remember that the show you're writing should be accessible to everyone or as many people as you can kind of knowing what do they say? Read the room, knowing your knowing your target your audience. audience. Yeah. 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 Um, and you'll learn that as you're writing your show, you will learn who you're targeting things for. And sometimes it will just kind of happen on accident. So mm -hmm. again, coming mm -hmm. back to my show about my life coming from Kansas to the land of Oz, did not realize how um, much of an immigrant story that was going to be until I was approached after my first show by people who had also moved to Australia and told me I was with you 110% all the way through that story um, because I had felt every second of it. So that I realized I had touched on uh, an entirely different demographic. Um, mm, just purely mm. by accident. And that will happen as well. These shows grow, man. They are they have a life of their own. Okay, moving back yeah. to the budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we talked about, so the, the show variables. Then they have like capital expenditure. So this is about the amount of money that you're probably spending before you even mm. see a dollar back. Uh, and they put percentages in uh, here. God bless them. Um, this is why I'm an actor. <laughs> I, I'm not great with numbers. I know five, six, seven, eight. That's it. <laughs> So cast rehearsal salaries, if you've got more than one person in the cast, so the show I'm currently um, directing has three. So the woman who created the show and then we auditioned two others. Um, mm. Stage manager rehearsal fee. So that depends on uh, if you bring in someone to SM the show, which can be 
you know, again, depending on how big the show is. Sometimes it might just be you and the accompanist. Sometimes you might hire a director. Sometimes you might do Mm -hmm. that. Sometimes you might hire the accompanist as your MD, as your music director. Okay. And then we have music director fee. So Mm -hmm. all of these, you should hopefully get as you go through and put your show together, you should be asking how much are you, how much do you charge so that you can go from there? Sure. So I said cast rehearsal salaries, SM rehearsal, music director fee, uh, musicians and MD sundry. So the musicians fee as well. So the, mm. if you have more than just the accompanist coming in and your accompanist is, is your MD maybe, mm. um, but the musician fees as well. So how much they charge and do they charge per day, per rehearsal, per hour, per show, whatever it may be. Um mm. Then you have theater company fees, which depends on if you're, do- again, a lot of these might not pertain, might not right. pertain, but it's good to have them there in case they do. Sure. Uh, lighting designer fee, the person who comes in and designs uh, and and w- works with you on when the lighting changes. So it's not just this, you know, fluorescent lighting above you. <laughs> Bump in costs, if those are necessary. Rehearsal venue. So that's a big one is if mm. you are rehearsing even if it's just with your accompanist if you're not just meeting at someone's home you gotta pay you have to pay Mm -hmm. for rehearsal rehearsal spaces Mm -hmm. the pr oh Mm -hmm. the pr of course pr and marketing is is a money goes towards that how much you're willing how much you're willing to put in to that your insurance so your artist insurance you should absolutely have artist insurance just save save your again bacon saver save your bacon on that one yeah costuming I decided to go is you can absolutely go to a thrift store. You can pull from your own. It does not matter. I had my outfit made for me by a, a f- costuming friend. So a, a, a costume designer. Um, so of course, again, it was good to have that on the list. You don't have to go through it though. Bar expenses. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> if you, uh, if one of your musicians prefers to get paid in drinks at the bar, it's, it has happened. Then that mm-hmm. still is an expenditure. You still are going to be paying for that. Sure. Oh, excuse me. Um, so, uh, as well as comp tickets. So comp mm. tickets are still, you're, it's still, it's, you know, it's zero from that end, but you know, you're going to be ending up paying for it in the long run. So how many comp tickets are you willing to give out mm-hmm. in order to And I guess discounted tickets as well. And, mm-hmm. and just basically everything that you're yeah. That's what your yeah, concession tickets. Yeah. 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 Before, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have just contingency. So just yeah. adding an extra, like they said, they added 5%, just a 5% sure. contingency for whatever, the mm-hmm. amount of that you don't know. And then mm-hmm. we have like, now you're getting into the show. So that, that gives you your capital. Yeah, that get, yeah. Uh, that's the total in this lovely Excel sheet with the fantastic numbers that they've all. You just put the numbers in. I love uh, uh, Tammy and Luke. Thank you so much. I still <laughs> I, I can't tell you how this was so terrifying to me when I was starting off. I had been doing it for years and I still was like, I don't know how to budget for a show when I don't. Like, okay, at Barnatasha, I worked at the venue. Everything Mm -hmm. was included. All you had to do was create the show. And so it's really scary to get out there and go, wait, I have to pay for this. I have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. All of this stuff that is included. Some, Like I said, some venues, if they're like Barnatasha, one Mm -hmm. love, doesn't Mm -hmm. exist anymore. But uh, there are venues out there that are happy and willing to provide the sound guy, the lighting guy, the uh, and handle it all on their own. All you got to do is show up with your show. Oh. Oh, lovely. Great. Then you don't need so, this. 
Yeah, so we will get you to send that through to Alex and then we'll get Alex to share that out with everyone because yes. I think yes. that's just valuable information. It sort of gives you it's an idea of where to start. Yes. So uh, we only have a few more minutes left oh, yeah. before I yeah, want to yeah. open it oh, up no, to yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah. But something that I, I feel is really important, we you know, we just talked about money. How do you go about getting funding for your show? What avenues are out there for funding? Uh, there are grants um, that are out there if you're willing to uh, put together a kind of bio of your show, a little, a little package of your show, the idea, whatever you might have to flesh it out the tiniest bit. You don't have to film it or anything. You just have to have it on paper. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. And there are grants. A lot of festivals will actually give out some sponsorships and grants that way sometimes. So just doing, just kind of doing your research on that, see who's willing to part with money, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. hiring a producer, if you, uh, my biggest thing is if you don't know how to do it, hire someone who does. I'm not great at the marketing side of things as in like, um, getting, going out and get, who to contact, uh, at the newspaper or, uh, who has the, you know, people that understand, um, the sponsored ads on social media, what's the best time to do it and all that stuff. I'm not, that's not my, I don't know how to do that. And so I hired a friend who is a PR person to do that. I am I am of the opinion that I will throw money at it if I don't understand. But again, that means that I don't tend to I well I do. I do tend to make a profit, but I am willing to I'm understand I am willing to kind of level out um mm-hmm. and not be in the red. So I'm, hopefully if you're not in the red. And if you're and doing I guess show, if you even- if you yeah, include sorry. that in your expenses and then yeah, set well your as, ticket prices accordingly. Mm, yeah. yeah, as well as flights. If you're flying your, mm. your accompanist down, you're flying yourself down, hotels, if you can stay at someone's house, all these things that you need to be thinking of, which is all in there, which is great. So you can absolutely hire a producer. That is that is what they are known to do. The, what a lot of people said when I went to my artist friends and said, any advice and uh, wish that, things that you wish you had known, uh, going into it was um, it is about 20% of your brain power, 20% in the show, 80% in producing and actually in all the behind the scenes stuff. And especially in producing a lot of like, for me, I put a lot of my money into it, but I knew I was like, I knew what I was going to get out of it sure. as a result. Yeah. So um, it, you put in whatever you're hoping to get out. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Uh, as well as well as long as you're willing to accept what you will get out of it, whether it is the ex- I hate using the word experience and exposure, but the 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 actual the actual mental and emotional experience of doing a show at a town at Adelaide Fringe and getting that getting that just being immersed in it. If you don't make a profit, if you're happy with that, if you do it at home, you can absolutely make you can make a profit because your friends and family are absolutely going to want to see you do the show. You can put mm-hmm. it on in your in your living room you can put a show on in your living room sure. uh, it's like i said it's it's a small space um just really be uh, like really be cognizant of your finances going into it so like i said knowing your capital know your mm. capital going in uh and that will really ease your mind coming out of it you'll have a better understanding of how many tickets you probably should sell um how what your ticket price should be and you can with this budget, you can kind of play with it before you even put the show on so that you do fit, you know, where to feel comfortable. You can, you can do this budget in order to just find your ticket sale number that you're comfortable with and then take that, shop it around, shop it around to venues and shop it around to festivals and see what works best for you. 
before we open it up to questions, I have one last question for you. This is more for myself because this is something that I always wonder about. When you are creating a cabaret, who do you, hmm, this is a hard one. Who do you go to, to chart your music and putting your ch oh. chart, like how do you put your charts together? What's the <laughs> best way to do that? Cause I've heard you can purchase them. You can get a musician to do the charting for you. What's that process? Like I said, I will almost always hire my accompanist to be my MD as well. So they clearly will get more money as a result. I work with people that I know well. So uh, in my experience, um, I've worked with Luke Volker, if you know him at all. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, James Dobinson is great as well. Uh, people who um, I know can chart. Uh, mm -hmm. and, but also don't, this is a big one, and I got this from a couple of my musician friends, don't assume things about the musicians. Don't assume that they know how to change the key just off the cuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Can you? Because I can't. <laughs> um, they they need time with that. They, they, they absolutely need time with that. Uh, so if they can do it, give them the time. Um, you don't need to rehearse um, that's another, that's another piece of advice is I, uh, that I also, that I was going to say, and I'm glad that I got from about three other people was I've seen shows where they, I've done shows where we just rocked up at soundcheck and it's just like mm. me and the accompanist because we, we had done it before, but we've always, I've also been in shows or been in cabarets as the backing vocalist where we did like two weeks of full rehearsal or, you know, did evening rehearsals for, you know, three weeks. The one I'm currently doing, we rehearse about once a week uh, and we, for about two months um, because mm. there are m multiple people and you want to be comfortable. You want to be comfortable yeah. when you get on stage. So, which also is, that's really beneficial if the song changes. Cause like I said, shows live and breathe. And then suddenly you cut something out of a song, but then you realize later, no, I'm going to add it back in. So sure. uh, just um, be, be very aware, be very aware of that. I have bought my own music. Um, when mm -hmm. I did those shows all those years ago, I bought the music and for the songs that I did not, could not buy, like substitutionary locomotion because it doesn't it, I don't know if it exists now, but it didn't 15 years ago. I went to somebody who could, uh, and I paid them to chart the song. Actually, wait, no, did I? No, he was our accompanist. And he just kind of went, just listened to it and played it out. And I was like, I don't know how you just did that. <laughs> I am blown away by that. Somebody do have, some people do have the gift to yeah. listen and chart, but everyone should get paid. The yeah. end, full stop. That's a big yeah. one is, and another um, piece of advice was, um, be wary of how many favors you ask for. Everybody mm. has value, including mm. yourself. So don't, yeah. Don't skimp on also paying yourself. That's going straight down the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you need to factor that in too. That's also in here is you factor yourself in and that's not yes, to make exactly. it, that's not to be cocky or, you know, Bob, the, you know, touch the weave. It's to remind yourself that uh, a, a, yes, you have value, but you really should factor that into your budget. You really should. Absolutely. It is still an artist in your show. They deserve as much anything you can give yourself as much as you want or as little as you want but you don't want to be walking out wildly in the hole and that is again it's just all part of the budget so yeah so yes i've bought music i have if you buy the music really try to get it in the right key if you can i know that's gonna really suck if you get it in one key and then have to change the key however mm -hmm. there are places like um musicnotes.com that have the songs in multiple keys i don't have it in every single half step mm -hmm. but you can go through and you can find the right key 
and then and then print it out and you should be good. Um, or if you have the app like I do, you can change the key there, which is great because which everyone is that? the music notes app, the app mm. music notes. So for the website, let me mm-hmm. just see if I've got it here. I do. So let's just use the song Alive by Sia. So mm-hmm. this song, oh, I'm blurry. I just noticed that. Um, so this song here, I go up to the top here where it's got the sharps and flats. I don't know if you can mm-hmm. see that at all. And I tap that and it gives me the other keys to do it in. And all I got to do right. is download them because I paid for the, I paid for the sheet music. Yeah. And then I can go and that's not going to cost me anything. It's not going to cost me any more. Right. And there's another um, website. I think it's uh, sheetmusic.com where you can actually buy interactive yeah. sheet music. And so you can change it to whatever key mm-hmm. you want it to be. And then or sheet music there. plus uh, is another mm-hmm. one as well. That's American based. And the thing mm-hmm. is you don't, uh, I've seen many a cabaret show that didn't use live music used backing tracks either Mm -hmm. backing tracks that were created that they hired someone to create a backing track which is not going to be cheap depending i've spent Mm -hmm. anywhere between 75 to 200 dollars on a single song depending on how complicated it is Mm -hmm. um but they were all simply backing tracks and as long as you or someone you know is good if you need to trim it so it still sounds professional doesn't sound like it's just like hacked together works just as well works just as well and there are plenty postmodern jukebox sells instrumentals to their to their songs chase holfelder who is known for taking songs in a major key and putting them into a minor key sells backing tracks to his songs as well so there are variations out there like i talked about before on songs that have existed for ages that you can find um so if you prefer to do that if you prefer to do that great well thanks ray um we're gonna open it there's a few uh, questions here in the chat if yes. you want to open your chat and have uh, a look oh, yes uh, so the first one is from marcus rivera and his question is what licensing do festivals fall under with apra if you know that oh i don't but my assumption would be venue and again i oh i don't know uh, because it depends entirely on the festival if it's anywhere theater festival that means that it is done anywhere but but in a theater so mm. it's done in a pub in a classroom in a hotel in a mm-hmm. in in someone's yard i've seen like you know like you get people that are happy to put on a show uh, have someone come in and do a show in their yard um and in that case you really do need to be kind of aware of the licensing again i i would go to the venue versus the festival when it comes mm-hmm. to licensing and then base base yourself base it off of do i need to go out and get my own yeah um, what? Yeah. Any other questions? Aurelie, you t- excuse me, you teach, don't you? So yes. if, if anyone was interested in following this up, and this is me me asking just mm-hmm. uh to get the information out, you are um because if people had follow up or were interested, you so you teach, you direct, you 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 work with people. Is that how yes. it works? Actually, yes, I, I uh, teach mainly voice, but I am also a cabaret coach. So I had someone recently come in for a one hour session for two weeks just to kind of clean up the uh, idea. I can help you from from A to Z. That's kind of um, what I am not known for. It's what I have learned. I am giving the experience that I had and all of the people that have helped me along the way. And so I can convey that to you and help you kind of flesh out your show. I But I, yeah, mainly teach voice, <laughs> mainly teach singing. 
So I've I've got a question because I was talking. Uh, I know a cabaret artist who lost quite a bit of money, even though it was a very successful uh, one. Uh, so when if you're doing cabaret in a small venue, how do you actually? Well, this is a quick one because there's one coming up. How, what what is the approximate price of a ticket? Is it twenty five? Is it seventy five? Is it one hundred and twenty five? I have seen prices at ten dollars. I have seen them at thirty. I'm looking here. And I see 25, 33, 15, 45, 20, 65. Are you looking through the Adelaide fringe? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, so that depends on how big the show is, um, mm-hmm. how well known. So for example, um, I don't know if they're going by Briefs Boys anymore or Briefs Factory, but they are a boylesque cabaret act that has been touring australia for years as far as i can tell and they are almost always at adelaide fringe their ticket prices were 55 and 45 for concession and this Mm. was three years ago Mm. um if you are a one woman show and are just starting out like i said i've seen i see some ticket prices for 15 here it's it's a tricky thing to kind of to factor i would say anywhere between excuse me 30 to 55 Mm. on average mm. would be a good place to start and again if um if i am i don't see why i wouldn't be given um um approval to share the budget but uh i'll I, of course not mine to share so i'll double check but uh then you can take that information you can take that ticket number a uh, ticket price you can factor it into the budget seat and see, uh, budget budget sheet and see how it all kind of plays out from there sure yeah and we have another question from susan ling young and she says how much movement might one possibly expect to include in a cabaret? Are we talking physical, I'm assuming? Physical movement? Or is in like leeway? So she's coming online. Yes, here. <laughs> <laughs> Unmute yourself, Susan. Hi, yes. Um, physical movement. Physical movement. Okay. So is in are you are you talking about like dance or just simply walking around? Well, just, just any kind of movement, yes, you know. Obviously, yeah. you know, you, you you would be just sort of totally not moving, but, uh, you know, so obviously, you know, when you're singing, you might sort of do some movement to express, but are there times when you would do, I don't know, yeah, da- uh, dance or, dance or, mm-hmm. or act some sort of scenario or? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. um, That is a very good question. Thank you for that. I've seen both. This is so, uh, every question I've asked has been like, oh, I've seen, I've seen all the sides of it. I've seen I've done shows with a mic stand where I stand and sing as long as I am energetic with my with my spacing, right? Most of the time in a, if you're talking that cliche New York style, woman in a piano, red, red curtain behind, you know, kind of um, that visual that you have, they stand and then they might sit on a stool for certain ballads and then they might stand again. Um, I've seen shows where they wear body mics and there is choreography. The one I'm currently doing does have choreography because there are three of them. Lesbian love stories. They use mic stands. They stand and sing. They sit and sing. And that is how they have put their show forward. So I'd say there either way works just fine. It depends entirely on A, your comfort level and B, the story you're trying to tell. I'd say. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) So yes, yeah. I have seen mm-hmm. full choreography. I've seen abs. I've seen choreographers put on full dance, like abs, like full dance stuff. Uh, and I've seen stand and deliver full shows of stand and deliver. So it depends entirely on those two things. 
your comfort exactly. level and what the sh- and what the story needs. And I, I guess it would also depend on the type of performer you are as well. Yes. So, you know, you could be that performer that likes to walk back and forth across mm-hmm. the stage and, yep. you know, you sing to the people in the audience. It, mm-hmm. it truly, as you said, it depends on the story you want to tell and yeah. how you work as a performer. Yeah. So yeah, it, you know, I think with the main takeaway is, you know, the sky is the limit. You can design the cabaret to be whatever you want it to yes. be. Yes, exactly. I've done, I, uh, I just remember this now, but on certain power ballad songs, I have taken the mics, I take the mic stand off, I hold it and I walk mm. when I feel comfortable. I think that a little bit of movement is probably beneficial. Too much mm. stand and sing is, can be, I mean, read the room. If the audience starts, uh, this is what I tell a lot of my students is the audience is like kindergartners. You have to take them by the hand and lead them over here to the point. Look at that. Look yes. at that point over there. Hey, isn't that great? Yeah. And now we're going over here. Single file, hold your partner's hand. Um, and so if you feel them starting to get a little bit bored or dull, then you pull, then you, then you put some more energy into it. Take the mic stand, take the mic stand away mm. and don't get in their face, but you know, do a bit of walking, do a bit of movement. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. We have one, this will be the last question because I am aware that we are, we are just yeah, past sorry. one o'clock. Susan has, uh, Susan has one more question. Have you ever seen a cabaret expand into an original musical later down the track oh, or absolutely. could that be possible? Title of show, prime example. Title mm. of show would be absolutely yeah. an example of a show that was for New York Fest, New York Fringe that has is now officially a musical, and it was on Broadway after yeah. it was such a huge hit. It is a show about writing a show. If you've never heard yes. of title of show, yeah. you absolutely should look it up. It Wait, doesn't sorry, have a name. Sorry, sorry? what's it called again? Title of show. It is literally. Okay. I'll put it in the chat exactly. It doesn't have a name. This is exactly yeah. how it's written. <laughs> Is like, hang on, where's where's my, no, nope, wrong one. Yeah, she's, Alex got it in there. No, it's written like that in the brackets. Yes, yeah. It doesn't brackets, have yeah. a name because when they wrote in the form, they didn't have a name yet. So they left it blank. So that yeah. is the name of the show is just title of show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it is, it is a show about them. Writing a show. Writing a show. Yeah. So it's very meta and it became a huge hit and it became a musical. And they actually wrote another cabaret style musical called now hear this but it's mm. now h-e-r-e this which is meant to be be in the now in the here in this mm-hmm. um and it is about uh it's there's no through line there's no story to it it is just a, it's like a song cycle they have songs about past and future so their past and their future stories yeah so prime example that's a prime example <laughs> of a cabaret that became a musical Great. Well, thank you so much, Ray, for your time and yeah. your experience and expertise and joining us today. And thank you, Alex and Equity Foundation, for putting this on. We really enjoyed it. It's valuable, valuable information. Uh, I see so some people are all. asking for my contact information. Should they go to you, Alex, for that so it doesn't disappear? I, whatever you're happy with. Whatever yeah. you're happy with. I'm absolutely your email address. I'm yeah. absolutely happy okay. to release my email address. I do apologize if, if if there's if there's if they're here today. I do apologize to the person who messaged me at the, after the last cabaret show. It took me like it took me like a month through a month to reply to them. I'm terrible, but I'm better now. If you're still yeah. there, if you're there, <laughs> I'm here, girl. I'm here. Well, this has been such a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we're so fortunate to be able to record this. So this will be as a podcast so generous of you both and such a specialized area and 
very, you know, not everyone has this information. So mm. we feel very privileged. Thank you so much, Ole and Asabi for hosting hosting it so beautifully. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. And thank you to everyone for coming today. All right. Thank Thanks you very much. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by our principal sponsor, Media Super and the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work we do, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Equity Foundation Australia on Facebook and Instagram.